You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg, S- <laughs> Father Greg Sackowitz, Director of the Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, Executive Director. <laughs> we're, we're laughing because happy Halloween. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween yeah. to everybody. All Hallows Eve. I haven't had hair on my head in <laughs> decades. 40 years. <laughs> we're laughing because for those who are watching on YouTube, I'm dressed as Father ZZ Top, and Mark Teresi has, has a blonde wig. Jerry Garcia, maybe. And I also uh. want to introduce as part of this uh, threesome, Father Lou Camelli. Moses. Yeah. The Cardinals' <laughs> delegate <laughs> for formation and mission is in the studio live to talk about All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Day, and All Souls' Day with his beard. Yep. So good morning, Father Luke Camelli, well, and to Mark. And this is fun. Thank you, Father This Greg. is fun. Happy, Mark. happy Halloween. Which I found interesting this past weekend, the number of not only children walking around in costume, but the number of parents oh, yeah. who also dress up in costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our four granddaughters were uh, all the same outfit. They were a league of their own uh, uh, from the movie with oh. the same outfit and the caps. From that baseball, uh, that uh, the baseball women's league. And our grandson was a cow. Oh, my. <laughs> Cute yeah. as a button. I'm, I'm going to take the, uh, the wig yeah, off right I, now. I'm going to get the beard, yeah, I kind of like mine. I think <laughs> you should keep it. <laughs> I think Mark has a liking for it. In fact, uh, how about a... How about a how, how about a, a big a, how about a big hand for uh, oh, yes. my goodness Father yeah. Father Luke Camilla got a special uh, hand here and it, you got to have fun on Halloween. You have you in have fact, a uh, bag full of in tricks. Fact, do you remember Father Lou your very first Halloween outfit? Do you remember what it was or one of your earliest ones? How about a big hand? Yeah, I can you I'm remember? trying to. No, nah, I think I, w- I think I was a farmer. I think that. Farmer? Uh, yeah, Farmer. Was How about for you, Omar? I think I was Casper. In fact, uh, you'll you like this story about five or six years ago. I had a Bishop Bob Barron on, on about six years ago on, on Halloween. I said, Bob, what was your very first Halloween costume? St. Thomas Aquinas. And he said he dressed up as a priest Oh. in ah. kindergarten. And then he asked me, he says, well, Greg, what was your first Halloween outfit? And I said I was in kindergarten. I dressed up as... 
Mr. Magoo, the cartoon <laughs> oh. character, and how appropriate him dressed up as a priest and me is dressed up as uh, Mr. Magoo. So yeah, tell us both your, your futures were there in the <laughs> costumes. <laughs> both our futures were carved right there in kindergarten. Yeah. And uh, well, for Father Lou, um, what is special about today? We call it Halloween, but it's also All Hallows' Eve. Explain that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's complicated <laughs> in, a, in a way. <laughs> Um, we have a, uh, a tradition, I mean, in the, in the church, that this time of year is really pretty special. As we move into the month of November, we're going to the end of the liturgical year, the year of worship. And uh, at this time, we're, we're looking back to what has happened, and we're looking ahead to the future that God promises us. And in the middle of all that, uh, we remember the men and women of faith, the saints who've gone before us, and we also remember our beloved dead. So, you know, it's all, it's all of one piece. And um, it's interesting, I, I've been doing a little research on, on Halloween, that there's a, a pagan, um, what they would call a pagan substratum, in other words, there were pagan feasts around this time of year. And in a certain sense, what the church did was baptize that and, and, and help to refocus those folk celebrations, pagan folk celebrations, into a commemoration of the saints and of uh, prayers for our deceased uh, brothers and sisters. That's, that's a short. Well, then maybe then, for example, with Halloween today, why the costumes... What's the specific about costumes leading up to uh, All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Day? And don't forget, commercially, yeah. it's number two after right. Christmas. Right, it is. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. No, that's true, yeah. I mean, it's it's extraordinary. Wow. It's extraordinary. And I, I, I think it's um, the costumes, I, I don't think there's any big thing ex- except that they're evocative mm-hmm. of the people who've gone before us. And... Uh, you know, even, like, for example, in the Jewish tradition, at the Feast of Purim, uh, that's, and that celebrates the story of, of Esther, and, um, and the kids dress up, too, you know. And so it's, it's really just a, a way of evoking the past. What I find interesting is on Halloween, and children run around, a child dressed up as a ghost acts like a ghost. A football yeah. player acts like a football player. Uh, a ballerina acts like a ballerina. So you actually you put on that character yeah. at that time, and um, it's just fascinating. And and all of a sudden, you become different. You go in groups of children, and you go to door to door asking for candy. It's a, it's a very fun fest. I remember when I was a kid, have my bags of candy, go home and split on the table. And say, oh, someone gave me an apple. Here, mom, you can have the apple. <laughs> I, I'm not yeah. interested in the apple. And it's, well, it's a different world now, though, too. Once you dump the candy out with the kids, you better look and see. Check sure. it out. Yeah, it's a different Yeah, it's, different it's sad world. when people uh, lace it with something poison. It's like, how can you do that? Or what's becoming pop- popular are now even in church parking lots, like trunk and treat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where all these cars gather, pop the lids open in the trunk. Kids go from car to car in the back and families gather. That's right. And it, uh, it's just, it's fascinating. It's a great, it's a great idea. Now, how do we move from Halloween to All Saints? I know some schools, you know, when they celebrate mm-hmm. Halloween, they want the kids to dress up like saints. Right. 
things. Is there a connection there? Or well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the word itself, hollow, hollows, all hollows, mm-hmm. would be an, I mean, old English word for saints. Oh. And uh, ween, eve, so all saints eve. That's what it really is. So, uh, yeah, that, that, there's a connection. So today's really a precursor yeah, for tomorrow. Right. I mean, and in the worship life of the church, we, with a big feast, we always celebrate a vigil. This is the vigil of all saints. Uh, and, again, if you want to put it in Old English, it's Halloween. All hallows are all saints. Then, Eve. Lou, what is the, the significance of All Saints Day? What are we remembering tomorrow we're remembering all the uh, the women and men who've gone before us who are saints who have already uh, come into the glory of God and um, th- there's there are a number of things involved and, and this is the larger question of our devotion to the saints why why the saints why what do they do what what the saints do is they give us very concrete, uh, manifestations of how to live a life that's holy. You know, everybody is different. Everybody is different. We're men and women, young and old. We Some of us uh, work with our hands. Some work with our minds. Some, you know, people are coming from different cultures. And the, the power of the saints as examples is that they show us that no matter what your situation is, whatever your context, you can grow in holiness. You can become and live out your life as a disciple of Jesus. Um, now, who are your go-to saints? Well, I, I, I'd say— St. Gregory? St. Gregory. Well, he lives in our house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, there, there are a number of them that are very, very important. Give folks for me. a few examples. Yeah, yeah let me just give you because maybe it'll help. For example, them. the two, because the saints not only intercede for us, they pray for us before God. Not only do they give us an example of a holy life, but they also are instructive. And there are two saints in particular that have been very instructive for me, and they are the two Teresas. Uh-huh. Uh, Teresa of Jesus, also known as Teresa of Avila, mm-hmm. and uh, Therese of Lisieux, uh, also known as the Little Flower. Now, why so for those two? Uh, because what they have done for me is they've helped me to learn how to pray. Both of them, by the way, are doctors of the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in a very simple kind of uh, but direct way, they have been so helpful. Let me give you Yeah. Okay, so like Teresa of Avila, she gives a description definition of prayer, which is just extraordinary. She says it's a prayer is a matter of friendship. It means taking time frequently to be alone with the one we know who loves us. Mm. Taking time frequently to be alone with the one we know who loves us. All right, so what she did in that sentence is encapsulated her whole prayer experience. Well, she's a great mystic and, you know, had mm-hmm. visions. And, but when all was said and done, her prayer was taking time frequently to be alone with the God she knew who loved her. And right, you said that prayer it. is a friendship, she said? Yeah, it's a matter of, uh, of an exchange of friends. Wow. So, that's and then, profound, that's uh, profound, but simple. Uh, Therese of, of Lisieux, the last year of her life, the last year of her life, 
didn't have any of the feelings of assurance of faith, but what she had was complete surrender into God's mm -hmm. hands. Complete and trust. She, yeah, trust. And, and, that, and that prayer at the end of her life, uh, she, the very, very last words were, oh, how I love him. Oh, how I love him. So she was able to navigate through um, what she called a cloud or a dark night of the soul, if you will, simply on trust and, and also her little way, not doing great things mm -hmm. or extraordinary things, but doing ordinary things with great love mm -hmm. and, and, and making everything, not, not just praying, but being prayerful. Beautiful. Now, Take us to break, Mark. I will. Can I tell Teresa of Avila sure. a quick story? Yeah. So we had a letter when I was at Mondelein. They found a Teresa of Avila. Oh, and, really? Wow. A letter? And, right. And yeah, she wrote, I mean, considerable. The, and the, um, what's the order? The Carmelites. Carmelites. Yep. They didn't know the letter existed. Oh, wow. So that we went, uh, we gave them the letter. They translated it. It became like this. We brought it down to Florida for this conference. People just reverenced it. But anyway, that's not my story. No, it my, was, a, was it a gift given to Cardinal Mundelein? It was, there are 307 yeah. saint letters up at Mundelein. How many? He, 307. He acquired a lot. Yeah. Uh, saint and, letters. And Mike, wow. I can't remember, Mike. Fuller? Was, yeah, yeah. Mike Fuller, as his sabbatical, uh, helped document and translate them. Anyway, but my story, quickly, so... St. Teresa of Avila is going with a young nun, and she's going to ask this donor for money. And they come in the donor, and, and the young nun says to Teresa, you know, that really is unsightly, just asking for money like that. And St. Teresa said to her, well, money is like manure. <laughs> it stinks, you spread it out, but some good things grow from it. <laughs> that was That's my, a great that story. That was kind of my <laughs> mantra as a development person. Anyway, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-840. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Father Luke Camelli. We'll be back in a few minutes and continue our conversation on All Saints, All Souls Day. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. 
To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. Forty-four for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun, and they get it. I see that light bulb go off, and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? What? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. <laughs> I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. (laughs) Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackowitz, Wigless, Mark Teresi, 312-255-8408. Go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago with Father Luke Camelli. Father Luke. No, Mark, I couldn't, you had that wig on. I could barely get the introduction out. I that said. Was, and also lose a beard. For those that are watching YouTube, you know what I'm talking about, those that are on radio. What you about you, ZZ pa, Top, or whatever? Father you know. ZZ Top. <laughs> Looked like <laughs> an <laughs> animal had landed on your head. But <laughs> <laughs> and Michael and Brian in the studio, in the uh, engineer's room, were just kind of shaking their head and <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Different generations look at saints <laughs> differently. <laughs> so um, I'm curious, as a young person, what was your confirmation name, and why did you pick it? Oh, well, that's an easy one. <laughs> Anthony. Anthony. Oh, Anthony of Padua. And why? Uh, you know, I just, uh, I, at that point, I had been reading things about St. Francis and the early Franciscans and and Anthony of Padua. For some reason, just was a very attractive figure. How about I mean, you, Mark? Peter. And I, I was Paul. And really? I was Peter because oh. of St. Peter, but also my confirmation sponsor was my uncle Peter. And I took Paul because I just liked Paul. He's a very fierce competitor in terms of fiery. Yeah. I just was always attracted to St. Paul. And uh, so I took it at fourth grade, Mary Seed of Wisdom, Paul. Yeah. 
Well, I, I picked Peter because he was the boss. He was the leader. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you were talking about a particular saint that yeah, you— Yeah, there was one in the break where mm-hmm. I, I was thinking this— and I, in fact, I've written about him too. Uh, his his name is Saint Nicholas the Idiot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a great story. Now, is this true? Yeah. So here it is. In uh, one of my classmates went to um, Trani, which is a town near Bari in southern Italy, mm-hmm. and the cathedral there is dedicated to Saint Nicholas the Idiot, who also, <laughs> by the way, has another name, Saint Nicholas the Pilgrim, which is a little nicer. It is. But <laughs> here's the story. He uh, was born in Greece. And uh, as a small child, in, in some sense, disabled probably, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so and maybe also with Tourette syndrome. Oh, okay. But as a child, he did two things. One, he kept because he, was in, he spoke, obviously, because he was born in Greece, he spoke Greek, but he would say kind of constantly, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, oh. Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. He did that. And he gave bread and food to people who were hungry. So those are the two things. Mm. And But he did it kind of so intensely and compulsively that his mother just couldn't take it anymore. So she sent him to a monastery. So he's with the monks. The monks couldn't take him either. I mean, <laughs> after a while, just said, Kyrieleison, 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 giving away food. You know. So finally he gets on a boat. He ends up in Trani uh, near Bari, does the same thing. People mock him. They they laugh at him and all this and that. And this is around the year 1000 or so, at the, at the end of the first millennium. He died. And then all of a sudden, people realized this guy was a saint. He was a saint. And when you th- and, he, and he was canonized by popular acclamation just in a few years. Because here's the key. Here's the key. He called on God's mercy and he gave to those who were in need service. And he had the basics. Faith he had in, the basics. Faith in action. Yeah, and it yeah. was just very simple. But isn't that an extraordinary story? Oh, yeah. How yeah. old was he when he died, roughly? He was about in early 20s. So it was when his mother sent him to the monastery at a very young well, age. Well, he was about 10, yeah. 10 years old? Yeah, ten. I mean, she couldn't take it. Well, you think about it, you know, Lord have mercy and feeding the poor right there in word and action, summarizes everything. Everything, everything. So what that has done for me is uh, my life can seem kind of complicated at times, you know, and doing this and that and trying to... I said, well, you know what? The one important thing that Jesus talked about when he spoke to to, uh, Martha, uh, and you got to keep going back to that, and the saints somehow were able to key into that, the one important thing. That's fascinating. Now, we segue from... Saints, it's so beautiful. You go from All Hallows' Eve today, tomorrow, yeah. All Saints' Day, a holy day of obligation. Lou, the significance of Wednesday, November 2nd, All Souls' Day. Yeah, that, and more t- technically known as a commemoration of all the faithful departed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That, of all, and of, of everybody. Yeah, of everybody. And, um, you know, it's, uh, this is important in our tradition, I think, to remember, remember the dead those who've gone before us marked with the sign of faith. And there are a number of different dimensions to this. Uh, first of all, um, I, I look at it with, with in four ways. It, it has to do with um, grief, thanksgiving, commendation, and faith. So in the grief, that we, we, we accept the loss of our, our, our lives, and we, we recognize that. And 
But it's, it's not a terminal loss. It's not a terminal mm-hmm. loss, and faith moves us forward. The second thing is gratitude. When we have this commemoration of the faithful departed, we are grateful for what we have received from those who have gone before us because we do not stand alone in our faith but on the, on the, on the shoulders of those women and men who have gone before us. That's the a, that's a second thing, gratitude for, for everything that they've done and given to us. And then commendation. This is really important. We pray for the dead. What does that mean? That means we put them in God's hands. We, we believe that a lot of us, maybe most of us, um, go to the Lord. We die with, um, with some loose ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everything is neatly packaged. So in order to see God face to face, who is absolute love and full truth, we need to be purified. We ask the Lord to purify those people who have died so that they can quickly be, meet God face to face. And then finally, faith, it's a reaffirmation in the, the power of the resurrection uh, of Jesus to, to bring life out of death. So that's in a, you know. I think it's a, so it was grief, gratitude, gratitude commendation, faith. And faith. And thing is, I find like, for example, Wednesday at 5.15 p.m., our special All Souls Day liturgy, <clears throat> to especially remember those who have died in the last year, right. and people will bring pictures of loved ones and put them on the steps of the cathedral. It's very powerful. Oh yeah, and the tears flow to remember grief. Love, grief to remember love. Like you know, I, my mother died in January of 2020. It's going on three years. In some ways, I you know to Mark and Lou, I miss my mother more today than yeah. ever before, and that's just natural. I miss my mother. You miss you. You miss a loved one. That's part of the grief, right. but also. She is with God, and that is a hope and a promise through the resurrection. And I always say if resurrection is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. And I always think musically, <laughs> and Steve Janko wrote that, oh, yeah. Saints of God, you know, Saints Beautiful of God come, come to her aid. And people respond. So you, part of the song is receive her soul. Right, commending. People, and and, and putting, then we yeah. sign receive her soul, present her to God the Most High. I mean, yeah. and that's the faith. They're all, all those pieces are in yeah. that commendation. And we s- celebrate that at a funeral right. at the end of, of the Mass. And that's come. I think um, it makes so much sense coming from all Saints Day, the saints in our church, okay. to remember, to be like, to emulate, but then All Souls Day that there's many living, no, many who have died who led saintly lives, right. and many who did not, but somehow the key is to remember, to remember loved ones, you know, close and distant, uh, but so part of our tradition is that, uh, you know, I love that beautiful line, for the believer, when we die, life is changed, not ended. Yeah. I love that line, for the believer, when we die, life is changed, not ended, eternal life with a God. The non-believer says, it's over, it's over, the believer says, no, no, no. We go from life to death, death to eternal life. And, and connection. This is another thing, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we stay connected. I there are breaks. Gonna, yeah. yeah. There are breaks, obviously, but we are connected with those who have died. We are connected with the saints, the communion of saints. The church is not just the church on earth, but it's the church assembled from from the, the saints in heaven and those on earth. And maybe... Time Mother Cabrini being at the cathedral into that whole thought process. 
oh, Mother Cabrini. <laughs> well, we have to have a whole it's show. Whole show. <laughs> that we'll that I mean, here's uh, uh, just someone who was right here who walked the streets of Chicago, who prayed, I found out, prayed at St. Paul of the Cross. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just ex- extraordinary. Wait, St. Paul of the Cross? Yeah, in, Park in Park Ridge. Ridge. Oh, she yeah. did? Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. she, she used to go to the farms that were then no on kidding. the northwest side, and then on her way back, to the city, she'd stop off at St. Paul. I never knew that. And I was yeah. raised in Park Ridge. The Cabrini well, Contact Center on Tri- Golf Road. Yeah. That's one of the properties she acquired. And also, you know, know her, uh, she was connected to the Nudie Bakery on the northwest side. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. So one of my priest friends, Father Mike Saniolo, mm-hmm. uh, had uh, knew this 102-year-old woman, Mrs. Nudie, mm-hmm. at the bakery. And she remembered Mother Cabrini coming to the bakery to get the flour sacks to make into blankets for the sick people in her hospitals. So wow. she knew Mother Cabrini? Yeah. She wow. came to her bakery. Wow. So what, what, what this means wow. for us, especially here in Chicago, is that the saints are close at hand. Yes. You know? yeah. And yeah. calling us to yeah. continue their work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good way of it. So isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. Mother Cabrini died, I think, was 1904? No, no, 1917. 17. Well, she died in 1917. And then this is the 75th anniversary of her uh, canonization. Forty-six. Uh, whatever 75 years yeah. would be. Close. <laughs> That's what the beginning of it. Of yeah. last 47. Year, it was 47. 47. And it, uh, we hate to bring this first half to a close. We want to thank in a very special way Father Lou Camelli, the Cardinal's Delegate for Formation and Mission. Lou, you've been a fantastic yes. guest again. Thank you. Thank and you thanks, for having me. And thanks for being part of the human in the beginning, wearing the beard <laughs> beside the wig for uh, Mark Teresi there. And let's and do a show on Mother Cabrini. That would be wonderful. I think we have something yeah. lined up in the near future. That would be great. Good. Do, do we, Mike? We haven't. We'll, 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 we'll get one. So to uh, Father Lou Camelli, thank you. You're welcome. Thank and you very uh, much. My listening pleasure. to uh, Catholic Chicago and WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi, and a goodbye to Father Lou Camelli. Stay with us, and again, do not touch that dial. <laughs>